Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off last time with Joseph rising to power in Egypt. He became the prime minister, second only to Pharaoh, a very important man. And we watched the role that women played in his life as he rose to that position. Today, I'd like to leave Genesis and jump ahead to the book of Judges. At this point, the exodus from Egypt has occurred, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the conquest of the land of Canaan, and the settlement of the land of Canaan. Now, we're often told that the Israelites conquered the Canaanites and now own the promised land. Well, they do to some degree. There were still significant pockets of resistance, particularly on the coastal plain among the Philistines and other surrounding peoples. So they were not a nation. They were 12 tribes with allocated land marked out primarily by geographic and topographic boundaries, mountains, rivers, and so on. They were living essentially isolated lives within their tribal territories. When an outside threat came upon them, they coalesced and a leader emerged to deal with the threat. The leader was called a judge, not a judicial figure, but a military figure. And once that threat was dealt with, the judge would recede into the background and go home to his farm, his flocks, and his fields. At least that's how it was supposed to work. But once you give someone power, they're loath to let go of it. And after a time, the judges become more and more corrupt. So we have a time here in the book of Judges, a very difficult time. The first leader to emerge to deal with the threat is Othniel. And we read in Judges chapter 3, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram, Neharim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. Well, Othniel will emerge and deal with that threat. Things are fine for a while. And once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did evil in the eyes of the Lord, he gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. A judge, Ehud, will arise and deal with Eglon, king of Moab, and then recede into the background. Shamgar, Judge number three, after Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines on the coastal plain with an ox goad. He too saved Israel and receded into the background. Now we meet judge number four. After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Yabin, a king of Canaan, who reigned in Hatzor. Hatzor sits north of the Sea of Galilee on the Via Maris. The Via Maris is the main international trade route that begins in Egypt 
parallels the coastline all the way up to a narrow pass that opens out onto the Jezreel Plain, the Jezreel Valley, and then alongside the Sea of Galilee and up to Damascus. So if you want to control that trade route, you control two fortresses, one in the north, which was Hatsor, and one in the south in the opening into the Jezreel Valley, Megiddo. Megiddo and Hatsor, the two fortresses controlling the international trade route. Well, Yabin reigned in Hatsor, and the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harashoth Hagoyim. And because he had 900 iron chariots and it cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried out for help. So we have Yabin, king of Hatsor, and his commander Sisera with 900 iron chariots. That was the most modern weaponry of the day. That was like having 900 M1 Abrams tanks. And he cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, and they cried for help. Now, something odd happens. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. Now, we need to pause there for a moment. The Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the time and the place of the Hebrew Scriptures was a profoundly patriarchal culture. Men controlled everything. Women, well, men were the head, but women were the neck, and they could turn the head whatever they, way they wanted. Now, Deborah was leading Israel at the time. Why is a woman leading Israel? We've never seen such a thing. But Deborah does. And I can only suspect that Deborah is leading Israel because the men had abdicated their responsibilities. It's a time of, of great trouble in the land. Now, Deborah held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, the central mountain range north of Jerusalem. She held court. So Deborah was also a judicial judge, as well as, we'll see, a military leader. She would hold court there, and the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali. And she said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor is in the Jezreel Valley. Not really a mountain, more like a big hill. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Yabin's army, with his 900 iron chariots and his troops to the Kaishan River that flows into the Jezreel Valley and give him into your hands. Barak said, well, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. What? He's the commander of the army? If you go with me, I'll go. If you don't go with me, I won't go. 
I told you, men abdicated their responsibility of leadership. Very well, Deborah said. I will go with you. But because of the way you're going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali. 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Now, Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Ze'enaim near Kadesh. Heber the Kenite. The Kenites were metal workers. And Heber pitches his tent near the fortress up north, right near Hatsor, because they had 900 iron chariots, and that's where the work was. Hmm. Now, when they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera gathered together his 900 iron chariots and all the men with him from Harashath Hagoim to the Kaishan River in the, in the Jezreel Valley. And then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor, followed by the 10,000 men, and Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. How did he do that? What happened? Well, we learn in Judges chapter 5, the song of Deborah celebrating the victory. Listen to this. On that day, the day of victory, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. When the men stand up, when they man up and take leadership, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I will sing to the Lord, I will sing, I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. O oh Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook. The heavens poured, the clouds poured rain. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. Why, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Yael, roads were abandoned, Travelers took to winding paths, village life in Israel ceased, until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. And when they chose new gods, war came to the city gates, and not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 Israelites. Not a man stepped up. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Huh. So, the men joined together under the leadership of Deborah, and the battle was on. And what happened? The heavens opened, the rain poured down, the Kaishan River flooded, the Jezreel Valley flooded, and what happens to iron chariots in the mud? They're, le they're less than useless. They are a hazard. Huh. 
here's back to the story. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harashath Goim. All the troops of Sisera fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tent of Yael, the commanding officer of Hatsor. The chariots sunk in the mud, broken wheels, broken axles, horses toppled. It was a disaster. Sisera fled to the tent of Yael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there were friendly relations between Yael being the king of Hatsor and the clan of Heber the Kenite. He was their metal worker. Yael went out to meet Sisera. And she said to him, Oh, oh, come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. He entered the tent and she put a little blanket over him. The commanding general fled from the fight, came exhausted, soaking wet, to the tent of Yael, who said, Oh, come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. He's terrified. He's lying on the tent floor, covered in a blanket, trying to get warm. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him back up. He said, stand in the doorway of the tent. If someone comes by and asks, is anyone here, say no. Yael knelt down beside him, stroked his hair, tucked, tucked him up with the blanket, looked out the doorway. Now, who do you put in bed with a blanket and a bottle of milk? A baby. The men were big babies. Yael, Heber's wife, picked up the tent peg. A tent peg's about a foot long with a sharp point and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. Oh, you poor thing, as she stroked his hair. Oh, you look so tired. And as she stroked his hair, she picked up the tent peg and the hammer, put the tent peg against his temple, and with that mallet, whap, smacked the tent peg straight through his head and into the ground. <laughs> that was the last thing that ever passed through his mind. <laughs> well, there he was, dead. Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Yael went out to meet him, and she said, oh, come, I'll, I'll show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera, with a tent peg through his skull, dead. On that day, God subdued Yabin, the Canaanite king, before the Israelites. And the hand of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Yabin, the Canaanite king, until they destroyed him. Chapter 5, we have that great song of Deborah, a recounting in poetry and song of 
the whole story. I love that story. Deborah and Yael. I especially like Yael. Well, there we are. Short one today, but next time we're back and we're going to look at one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. My favorite woman in the Hebrew Scriptures, Ruth. So stay tuned for next week. Okay, bye-bye now. Blessings to you.